The last of the great human freedoms is the ability to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. And I can extract myself from the suffering because my attitude can trump my ego's frustration about the situation if I lock in power of my mind to choose differently. I'm going to master this thing called teaching. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to travel whatever distance. I'm going to pay whatever price to give my service of love across this planet. And I'm not going to let any human being on the face of this planet stop me, not even myself. And genius is available in all of us in the area of our highest value when we care enough intrinsically to be inspired to go after solving those problems. It's, it's waiting for all of us to do that. We can expand our awareness, consciousness, to expand who we are as beings into this new human being that we're becoming. It's the tension and the contrast that actually helps to push us through to the next level of evolution. Our cells have consciousness and so does the bacteria. So we can also tune into our bodies and, and work with our bodies more knowing that and appreciating these billions of points of consciousness. Now when that change takes place, the momentum that's created in our life from that moment on is monumental insights, the wisdom, the guidance, the direction, the spontaneous goodness, serendipity, coincidence, things start to work together for good because we're now in a flow of our personal mind, but we're in the flow of the mind of God. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast. This is a show entirely devoted to the exploration of physical vitality, emotional well-being, and mental fitness. I'm your host and tour guide, Ronnie Landis. I'm a multiple published author, international speaker, performance health coach, global activist, and wellnesspreneur. So buckle your seat, get ready to take notes, and enjoy the ride. It's go time. Before we start the show, I want to highlight one of our sponsors, which is an incredible superfood and alchemical herbal nutraceutical company called Now Alchemy. I've been working with the Now Alchemy products for well over six years and have seen this company grow and expand through the leadership of my dear friend, Archer Love, who is the founder, CEO, and chief formulator for all of the products they provide. They offer a wide range of plant-concentrated tinctures designed to improve immune function, regulate our stress response, improve sleep quality, enhance cognitive function, improve the cell-to-cell communication of our mitochondrial energy production, and support all aspects of bodily health. Some of my favorite products I use on a regular basis are the Ormus Plus, the Limitless Formula, the Immortal, their Shilajit formula, and their Vitality product, to name a few. They also offer unique formulations such as C60 for detoxification and cellular EMF protection, Nano CBD combined with Ormus Minerals, and their Atlantis formula, which is an algae-based, non-oxidized omega-3 product. I love the entire product line and appreciate the integrity to quality that Archer puts into all of his products. You can learn more by going to www.nowalchemy.com and use the coupon code HUMANPOTENTIAL, that's HUMANPOTENTIAL, all one word, to get a discount on your order. Now, let's get ready for today's show.
Aloha, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. I'm your host, as always, Ronnie Landis. And this is episode number, let me see here, what episode are we on? We're on episode three of series three, The Mind-Body Connection. I need to check back because I'm actually circling around in recording this episode. Um, I, I went ahead of the script a little bit and recorded a few other episodes. I took about a two-week break. I went to the island of Kauai, which is one of my homes on the planet. And um, so I'm just getting back to all of this. So I just need to refresh where exactly we were in all of this. Wow, we've just gone through so much. Let me count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 episodes. This is the 17th episode that I'm recording, I think, in about a month, including that two-week trip. So really in two weeks. That's kind of crazy. That's, we've, we've, done, we've done a lot. Well, that's just how I am, too. For people that know me, when I get into something and I, I, I press the go button, I go. I go all the way in. And um, so today's episode, really, really excited for this one. Been waiting to really put this all together and um, dive into this. So this is the gut-brain connection, the gut-brain connection. So this is really... Um, one of the great representations of this series, the mind-body connection, and getting really into the physiology of the mind-body connection. We've talked so much about so many different aspects, from quantum physics and mechanics to metaphysics, certain spirituality components, energetic components, brain waves, neuroscience, um, emotional, uh, you know, the emotional components of all this. We're going to get a bit into the hardware here in this episode and talking about how the gut influences the brain and what is that connection? What is that intersection between the gut, you know, our digestive system, our intestinal tract, um, what's called the microbiome and our physical brain? And the nervous system and the neurology really, really like the intersection between the physiology of the body and the neuroscience. Because a lot of times when we talk about neuroscience, it oftentimes gets compartmentalized to the brain and the nervous system. And that's a lot of time where researchers and scientists, they relegate all of their attention on that particular aspect and key and critical for sure. But what we need to do right now is we need to bridge the gap a little bit. We need to understand what is the, the mechanisms of the body, what are the functions and systems of the body that are affecting the function of our cognitive faculties, i.e. our brain capacity, more than anything. And from a physiological level, it has been discovered, um, it's been discovered for quite some time now, well over a decade or more, that what's going on inside our gut, our digestive system, is directly affecting the functionality of our brain, our brain chemistry, the electrical impulses that are riding throughout the, the circuitry that we call the nervous system. And we're going to dive a bit into that 
We're going to break some of these things down, bring some new ideas, some new scientific revelations, <clears throat> and some new things about the physical body that you may not be aware of and, and try to tie some things together. And then we're also going to go into some very practical applications, some tools, some strategies for prevention, for protecting against neurodegeneration, for protecting against brain fog, for um, protecting against mental and also emotional lethargy, and ultimately how to instill more power, more, more energetic power and capacity within the physical body, within the brain itself, <clears throat> directly and indirectly, so you can actually fulfill your human potential. And unless your brain is functioning at peak capacity, it is not possible to fulfill your human potential. Um, it's just an essential component. And so we're going to, we're going to go dive, we're going to dive into this. There's a good amount of things that I want to discuss. So we're going to kind of hop around just a little bit to get us into the flow and get us into the organization of this information. Because as most people that know me and follow me, and especially if you've been following this podcast, this is, you know, in this series, this is, uh, I think like the 13th or 14th episode. So we've gone through so much just getting to this point. And, um, you know, I'm putting a lot of ideas together and synthesizing it in a way that hopefully makes sense that you can really comprehend. It's going to put some pieces together and you can take action on immediately. Where I want to open up with this is from the perspective of thoughts and positive thinking. Now, as we know, we that have been in this field for a long enough time and have done a lot of the personal development work, we've figured out that our thoughts and just positive thinking alone is not effective at all. In fact, it can actually be detrimental to our progress um, as, a, as a holistic human being because if we only focus on the thoughts, we are missing a, a dominant amount of what's going on underneath the surface. Obviously, we've talked about that from other perspectives. We're going to go deeper into that from the hardware perspective of the, the physical body. But you got to understand that positive thinking, although critically important for the mental perspective, mastering your mentalism, mastering the mental aspect of life, having positive thoughts, focusing on optimism, focusing on productive thinking is crucial. And it's very challenging at best to focus on productive thinking and positive and optimistic thinking if there is challenges going on in what's called the microbiome, I'm going to go deeper into that. If you have physical issues, if you have in inflammation building up in the system, you have systemic inflammation, which is basically like fire in the cells. <clears throat> if you have a wildfire that's spreading systemically, it's going to be very, very challenging. You know, one of the things that I that I say sometimes in my lectures is that it's very hard, if not impossible, to maintain an attitude of gratitude when your body is in pain, when your body is essentially a locked-up cage of trauma, of pain, of inflammation, of arthritic issues. That, that's where all your focus goes. You know, That's the feedback system, the pain teacher. It's a feedback system letting you know that 
hey, red alert, red alert, there's something wrong in the system. And it kicks on the survival software, which is the sympathetic system. And then our parasympathetic, which is rest, relaxation, restoration, recovery, repair, digestion, respiration, all the involuntary functions of the human body that are also associated with the autonomic nervous system. That balance gets thrown so far out of out of balance that all your body can focus on is stress and, and on upcoming threats. It's always being alerted about a threat. And that's what you experience in the physical body when you're locked up in pain, when you have trauma running amok, you have inflammation going everywhere, or you just have some nagging injury or something. It's very hard to take the mind out of that. And yes, meditative practices, breathwork practices. Um, I'm a big fan of ice, ice bath um, plunges or river plunges or cold showers. Those are great ways to help bring back balance to the autonomic nervous system and get into the operating system. <clears throat> However, you have to deal with the body from two different perspectives. There's the chemical perspective, the biochemical perspective, which is all the food, all the nutritional um, strategies. Those are affecting our biology and upgrading the biological systems of the body. And that's what most people focus on. However, there's another component, which is the electrical aspect of the body. Our body fundamentally is an electrical system. It's not a chemical system. It's running on electrolytical impulses. This is why the word electrolytes is, is so popular and that that's the dominant four or five alkaline minerals um, in the, you know, the periodic chart of the mineral uh, mineralogy. Um, that helps to create electrical charge in the body. And ultimately, when we talk about vibration, frequency, what we're talking about is electrical capacity. And so from one perspective, I was thinking about last night, um, just driving, I thought about this idea that, <clears throat> and this goes with the whole maintaining attitude of gratitude. Ultimately, what we're doing is maintaining a particular vibration or electrical frequency. Now, when our, our uh, sympathetic nervous system is upregulated, then our frequency, the electrical frequency of the cells, the biophotons, the light frequencies, the light frequency actually dampens and dimmers. So our energy lowers. We have low energy, lethargic energy. That's because the light frequencies that are called biophotons, which are stored in the cells, which theoretically actually run the entire system more than just <clears throat> the chemical cell receptor sites of particular nutrients. Those nutrients, I believe, are actually there to potentiate the electrical system. They're not, they're not there in of themselves from a biological perspective. The biology is there to facilitate the electrical sufficiency or capacity that runs the body um, fundamentally. And so if your if your energy or light frequencies, if you will use that term, if your light is high, you have a high voltage in the cells, then you're going to be a high vibe person. You're going to feel higher vibrations, higher emotional, mental states of being. That's how that works, right? <clears throat> Just breaking that down into simple terms. So when we think of, you know, again, the, the biological side is the nutrition, the supplements, the nutrients, um, 
you know, a lot of, you know, breath work, meditation, um, all that kind of stuff. That's all focusing on the biology, but then we have to focus on electricity. And so the way that you do that is actually working with the structural system. This is why chiropractic work in its most, most authentic sense and the ethos of, of chiropractic work <clears throat> is essentially helping to remove the obstructions that are blocking up the flow of energy, the life force, the chi, um, the, 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 really the electrical, the, the electricity that's flowing through from neuron to neuron through the synaptic connections of the brain and the nervous system. The neuromuscular system is riding on electrical electrical um, <clears throat> impulses. So it's basically electricity flowing throughout the system. And that electricity basically is, is packets of information that are hopscotching from neuron to neuron throughout the entire, um, the entire neuromuscular system. One thing that I thought was a very interesting, many, many, many years ago, I made this connection about muscle memory. And so we hear all this stuff about, oh, you know, if you're an athlete or you've, you've, you've repeated and rehearsed certain patterns physically, it's stored in your muscles. Now, your muscles don't really have memory. Yes, you have, you have, um, you have physical patterning, you have um, all that kind of thing. But what's really going on there is that it's, it's information that's riding through electrolytically through the neuromuscular system. So from a chiropractic perspective, and there's a lot of different chiropractic modalities. I'm not going to get deep into that. I've gone deep into that in my own restructuring of my physical body, going through so many athletic injuries, um, repairing um, the, the physical body itself, repairing my neck. I've had so many neck issues that I've actually had to get support from very, very specialized, um, competent chiropractors, not just twerking and, and jerking the neck, because that, that at best is, it could be potentially dangerous, but at best it's, it's a band-aid. I've actually worked on releasing the subluxations or the, the calcified adhesions that get that store basically sand in the gears that get stored in the vertebrae of the neck and then create these, these, um, this 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 mineral deposit calcified mineral deposits that that like kind of adhe that are adhesive they call this is called adhesions so through unsubluxating not through jerking but through opening up and elongating the spine and the neck you know for example hanging on a on a pull up bar or working with a qualified specialist who can unsubluxate basically pop out those adhesions it creates more of a flow of energy throughout the body. And I found actually my brain capacity works so much better now that I've freed up all that adhesive material, that gluey, calcified, stony material that were stuck in my vertebrae and all the scar tissue that gets built up too. Because if we have injuries, particularly in the joint areas of our body, yes, there will be calcification. And in the next series, I'm going to do an entire episode on calcification, quite a deep subject and one of my favorite subjects, one of the most important subjects that is important to discuss and one of the least discussed subjects because we're focused on biology. It's all about biology. So we focus on that. But then there's the structural aspect of the body that you can't really get to just by food alone, just by supplements, even just by sleep. 
you actually have to repattern the structural pat the structural habitual patterning of the body and how how it's how it's kind of caved in um that that you know i'm i'm going to kind of digress a little bit because i can feel how deep i can go into that you know just on the subject of posture and and looking at your phone and and being on your computer and and tilting in and your entire posture um, um, contorting itself and habituating itself to a dominant posture when you're sitting down looking at your computer screen on your phone, your neck is tilted over. Um, that all repatterns the muscular system. And then the muscles actually, they repattern themselves to, to support a compromised, let's call it nervous system or a compromised muscle tension. For example, one of the things I found out in uh, my injury recovery process, if you know my story, you know I was a semi-professional athlete most of my life. I had a knee surgery when I was 18 years old, had another knee surgery on my other knee when I was 21 or 22, went through the entire rehabilitation process, learned a tremendous amount about um, sports science, movement patterns, mobility, um, exercise, physiology, and also rehabilitation, corrective exercises. That, so that's where a lot of this actually comes from. Actually, pre-getting into nutrition, that was my education. Through my own need to rehabilitate and recover from um, overtraining and from injuries that I accrued, one of the, the incredible discoveries I found was that I was focusing a lot on on my knees, the the patella tendon and um, the patella itself, which is basically your kneecap. And I was focusing on just working on the musculature around the knee. But then a, a very intelligent um, rehab specialist told me, you know, it might not actually be your knee that's the issue. It might be what's called your IT band, which is the long muscle on the the outer side of your legs. And I started doing foam rolling. And I got into foam rolling. I started working on my hips and my mobility patterns and and getting more mobility and a lot more um, expansion in my hips. I started working on my lower back. I started strengthening these areas of my body that were all pulling and tugging. And then that pulled my kneecap a little bit out of place. And then that's where the pain came from. But it wasn't that I you know, I had a lot of, I did have some shock treatment to my knees, but ultimately how I healed my knees besides raw food and juicing and high, high amounts of MSM, methyl sulfonylmethane, it's a sulfur supplement, which repairs the cartilage and, and, um, you know, muscle tissue and that kind of thing. And it's anti-inflammatory, amazing, amazing supplement, absolutely game changer, life changer, really. But I started actually healing and, and, and softening the, the IT band and when I did that, my knees actually came back into place naturally. So this is this is a great topic because I don't get to talk about the structural rehabilitation perspective a lot because I have devoted my life to the biological side, I guess, with nutrition and detoxification, cleansing, healing, um, sports performance, and, and just per- performing and being a high-performance human being. A lot of that is biologically driven, but I do want to bring it back to the structural aspect because an electrical issue is yeah there's certain you know if you have a mineral deficiency for example you're not going to be able to to initiate and facilitate the electrical charges because minerals basically are the thing 
that the alkaline minerals and acidic minerals, particularly the alkaline forming minerals, they actually hold the charge in the body. So there are there is a cross crossover effect of all this, right? But ultimately, what I want to get across for your awareness, especially if you are a leader, you're a coach, you're a holistic therapist, you're a doctor, a naturopath, um, a physicist, or a phys- well, maybe if you're a physicist, but a um, physiologist. Whatever the case is, it's a holistic perspective and um, just one that I value so much, so important. So look, where do we go from here? There's a number of things that I want to dive into. Uh, Let's talk about the – well, actually, before we get into the microbiome, let's talk about the the ENS. Hmm. I'm I'm just – bear with me here. I'm looking at three (laughs) – God, this is so funny. This happens to me sometimes. I'm looking at three different topics and I'm trying to choose which one to go into first. Before we go into what's called the ENS and before we go into the microbiome, let's talk about something called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is absolutely key. Everybody needs to know what this is. It's just gaining a lot more awareness and popularity into the holistic health w- world. Obviously, it's been around as long as mammalian beings have been around. The vagus nerve is part of our nervous system and it's central to all the functions that go on in our cardiovascular system, our nervous system, even to our digestive system. Basically, um, the the vagus nerve, it begins at the top of the spinal cord and it, it, and it basically affects all the, the electrical functions, the nervous system functions of the body. And it essentially acts as the intermediary between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic system of the body. So again, if you have a vagus nerve lockdown, your sympathetic system is going to be upregulated and we're going to end up having a condition that is it's a sympathetic overload. Your sympathetic stress response system can actually get locked into place. So no amount of positive thinking, affirmations – can actually unlock that. You have to get into the operating system. You have to do certain practices that help um, de-escalate the stress response system and help to modulate or moderate that, that communication system between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic, which happens through the autonomic nervous system. Um, and the vagus nerve is the, the access point. It's the interface for that. The vagus nerve also regulates systemic inflammation response. So if you have chronic inflammation, rheumatoid arthritis, some form of autoimmune condition, you have basic arthritis, joint issues, um, so many different inflammatory based conditions, then you have, you probably have a stress response issue. And it probably means that your vagus nerve that is basically in your neck, essentially, under the occipital lobe of the, the skull in the brain, if you feel right now as you're listening to me, I want you to feel the back of your neck. Feel that little bulge at the base of your, your skull, right? Right under there is the occipital lobe. And then underneath of that <clears throat> is where so much of the data, so much of the, the, the information of the, the operating system resides. Now, here's an interesting perspective that everybody already knows when you have a lot of mental, psychic, or psychological stress, you're kind of up in your head a lot. 
You're, you're super analytical, even baseline neurotic, always thinking, thinking, thinking. You can't really effectively process all of that that effectively. The body is the processing system for our for for our emotions and our feelings and the sensations that come through our body, largely propagated through mental processes. And oftentimes, the disconnection between the head and the body, um, the brain, the body, the mind, and the body, however you want to think about it, is because the vagus nerve itself. The, the vagal system is locked up and that happens through the musculature of your neck muscles. So those two big long muscles on each side of your neck, feel if there's tension, feel if it's tight, like really get in there and start feeling it out because what happens for almost everybody is that we take our mental stress and we distribute it to the neck and to the shoulders, the deltoids. Um, particularly, and then we have shoulder and neck pain. And it just gets locked in there. And it creates what in the chiropractic ethos, it creates that obstructive matter, the obstructive energy that's creating a gap between the mind and the body. And that all has to do again with the vagus nerve, the vagal system. So there's a lot of different things um, to talk about here. I don't want to go too deep into it. I just want to make it a point of awareness. Um, I've personally had a lot of work done on my vagus nerve, um, the, 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 the vagal system I like to call it. But yeah, it's the vagus nerve essentially. It's a humongous nerve or humongous communication system. And um, the, the vagus nerve itself helps to orient the neuromuscular system which also includes heart rate modulation and even facilitating, modulating, regulating digestive processes. So this is extremely important and um, very important to find a competent um, physiologist or somebody that can help you rework those neuromuscular patterns. And then from there, you can do the the maintenance work, which is the healthy lifestyle, the, the nutrition cold showers, um, ice bath immersions, um, uh, all the you know movement patterns, etc. So breath work, meditation, those are all maintenance practices that you maintain that, that state of being and state of wellness and health and vitality. Um, but something structurally, you have to get in there physically to start reworking those patterns because they, those, the neural networks, and the musculature system has all patterned itself and it's kind of strong held. So it takes a lot of effort to reroute all those patterns. And um, But if you can get it there and do it and get some consistent work done, then you know you can make phenomenal changes in your, your own experience of your body, your, your mental, emotional capacity. All of it starts to modulate and balance itself out. Um, and it's just highly, highly effective. So there's things that you can look into, like polyvagal theory, if you want to learn more about this. Um, you know, um, polyvagal stimulation, uh, a lot of different things. There's so much that we could go into with that. So uh, with that said, let's talk about the ENS. So the ENS is the enteric nervous system. Essentially what this is, is it's the bridge between the gut in the brain. It's the it's the part of the nervous system and the neuro networking that is that is localized in the gut. 
So the digestive system and all that, that whole complex, it's in the gut. And then that, that system actually connects up to the physical brain. And what's interesting is that it's been said that there's more neuro networks in our gut. There's more neurons in our gut than in our entire spinal cord, which is the electrical highway of our body. And, and that's how all the, the entire communication system works. So the gut is so, so important. And the ENS is the connective bridge between the gut and the brain. And so that brings us to the microbiome. Now, you've probably heard a tremendous amount of microbiome. Um, there's information all over the place. This is one of the main focuses of research and scientists and um, nutritionists, doctors, et cetera, et cetera. Essentially, the way that I break it down is that the microbiome is the biological garden of the body. So one of the ideas, and I think I probably have I've probably gone on about this in different episodes, um, but essentially the way that I look at it is that the external world is mapping itself based on the internal world. And I don't just mean from a spiritual perspective, I mean from a physical perspective, meaning that we have a biological garden or an inner ecosystem inside of our body, and most of the functions in our body are actually not predominantly based on cellular mechanics. They're based on microorganisms, um, you know, the, the microbiotic organisms, otherwise known as beneficial bacteria. So there's entire we're, – we're essentially a skin-covered Petri dish, as Dr. Bruce Lipton likes to put it. And we have a 10 to 1 more beneficial bacterial organisms in our body than we do cells. So that should be very revealing about what we really are as a physical organism, what this body, what this avatar really is, what it's made up as. And these are living organisms, by the way. So this whole idea of entropy is very interesting. Entropy is basically this idea that the universe is breaking down. It's deconstructive. And it's, it's, like, it's like a death paradigm, essentially. Everything's breaking down. It's death and destruction, negativity. It's, um, <clears throat> but what, what's not balanced about that is something called syntropy or extropy. I think one is the correct term to this idea, which is that everything that breaks down has an emergent property or an emergent principle, i.e. the rose that grows out of the concrete um, life is always trying to propagate itself. Life is always trying to live. It's always trying to emerge out of the ashes of what once was but no longer is. Something new is born, a tree, a plant, a seed, a baby. There's life always being rebirthed. So there's a death and birth cycle. Um, but we can get caught up in this whole entropic reality and get very, very negative. And what's interesting about that is that our body actually receives the communication of the paradigm that is most dominantly held in our mind. So that's a very important thing because, um, you know, it's just a feedback system, basically. And I think I've talked about this similar theme in other episodes. So I don't need to, like, beat a, beat a living horse. Is a dead horse, a living horse? We don't need to beat any horses. Let's just—we don't need to beat any animals. We don't need to do anything animal cruelty because that also affects our inner harmonic. That affects our heart when we're when we're doing when we're participating in the culture of death. Side note, side rant. So when we take care of our body from the perspective that it is a series of living organisms that are all seeking to live, then. 
we have a better idea of how to how to how to help ourselves, how to heal ourselves, how to how to facilitate healing and regeneration and and that kind of thing. So just thinking about where I want to go with this, um, I could talk a lot about the microbiome. There's so much information out there, and I've done a tremendous amount of um, research, and I've borne out a tremendous amount of information just in my online courses, my books, um, other things like that. So I don't want to go too deep into it because we have a lot of other more practical things that I want to talk about relating to the gut-brain connection and the microbiome itself, but I want to hold this perspective that the microbiome is your biological garden. Think of it as your biodynamic garden. You can create a garden full of weeds. You can create a garden full of invasive opportunistic organisms, parasites, viral viruses, um, opportunistic detrimental bacterial organisms, fungus, candida, yeast, mold, um, inorganic compounds, you can create a garden that is basically just, you know, it's it's basically a death, it's a, it's a, it's a death-based garden. It's all decaying and dying, right? That's what most people are doing. Essentially creating a graveyard, right, inside your own body. Now, you can also create a flourishing biodynamic garden that is based on the propagation of life, the emergence of new life. Right, and that's that is the that is the key to healing. That's the key to longevity. Creating the through understanding how to fertilize and how to water and how to build the soil material of our inner ecosystem, because there is soil in in the in the microbiome in this biological garden. You're creating using earth compounds that come from the external earth. You're actually using those materials to build the inner garden. That inner ecosystem within yourself and some things that are interesting about the microbiome that I'll just put out there it's been discovered that the 90 to 95 percent of the serotonin that's produced in the brain or that that's in the brain is not produced in the brain based on chemical chemical conversions like what's called the tryptamine conversion which is like um, you know the amino acid tryptophan, and then that converts into 5-HTP, that converts into a series of other chemicals, um, and then you have serotonin, and then that creates melatonin, et cetera, et cetera. That is definitely key and critical. However, if somebody is having sleep issues and they're they're constantly doing 5-HTP, that stands for 5-hydroxy tryptophan, they're doing the 5-HTP supplements, the melatonin supplements, that can be helpful temporarily, but it's a gut issue because that's where your serotonin and really your from that perspective, your melatonin is predominantly being produced. So you have to work out what's going on in the gut itself. And we also know the predominant amount of um, the predominant function of your immune system, and we're going to go deep into the entire immune system in a in the next series, is being facilitated based on what's going on in the microbiome itself. So one thing that you can just kind of distill out of all this is that if you have some kind of issue, even behavioral issues, food addictions, food um, allergies. Um, you know, these ADHD, ADD, all these kind of behavioral issues. When you work on the gut, you fix the gut, you fix the symptoms, you fix the issues. We know autoimmune conditions are predominantly gut-based issues. Leaky gut, 
there you go. Leaky gut. Think of the language here. It's a gut issue. So you have to work on that first and foremost. And then everything else starts to work more harmonically, more synergistically. Okay, I think that's pretty clear. So let's go into talking about what throws off the microbiome. Now, there's a lot that we can get into here. I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible. But again, we're in the flow. Um, And there are a few interesting perspectives I want to bring to bear here. One of the first things and most obvious things is antibiotics. Um, Antibiotics are an interesting subject. And there's, there's actually not a significant credible history between pharmaceutically based antibiotics. Now, antibiotics from a pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical iteration of antibiotics as we know them now, um, actually came from World War One, I, I believe. I believe it was World War One, where colloidal silver, interestingly enough, was the was the the um, the antibiotic that was used for all infections. This has been known throughout history. This has been done through alchemists and, and herbalists and and healers, holistic healers, physicians, all throughout history. They used natural antibiotics. The pharmaceutical antibiotic did not come until. The, the end of World War I, <clears throat> and basically they, they enforced upon the colloidal silver manufacturers that they could no longer promote colloidal silver as an antibiotic. It could only be touted as a mineral supplement. So colloidal silver kind of went underground for a while and then made its reemergence. Um, I don't know exactly when. I would say like the last three, maybe four decades and um, there's been a lot of hoopla and a lot of misinformation about colloidal silver. And now we have things like nano silver, which is nano sized particles of colloidal of silver, which are just more absorbable. Like it's definitely worth looking into. It's definitely something you should always have on hand. It's a preferred antibiotic. There's other natural antibiotics as well. Now, what antibiotics do, um, the pharmaceutical edition of antibiotics, what they do is that they're a non-denominational nuclear bomb, which basically creates a cascade of killing effects on your microbiome, on all bacterial organisms. Now, if somebody has a, um, a, 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 a big infection, say they have a kidney infection, for example, there's different things you can do. There's urine therapy, right? Urine therapy, ozone therapy. Those are very, very powerful. Um, that might also be a case where antibiotics are very important. I'm not saying that antibiotics don't have a use or that they're they're all bad. I'm saying that the 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 immediate the, the way that they're prescribed and and how readily prescribed they are, particularly for things that have nothing to do with bacterial infections. If somebody has a viral infection, they have a virus, then the doctors prescribe antibiotics, which is just ludicrous because it kills off the beneficial bacteria, which are responsible for the majority of your immune system. So it lowers your immune function and makes you more susceptible to further infectious organisms, candida in particular, there's a huge correlation between antibiotic use and candida infections and people that have long-standing issues with what's called gut dysbiosis. Gut dysbiosis is the, the, the misregulation or it's the imbalance of beneficial 
um, and non-beneficial bacteria. And you need both. You want it to be like 80-20 or 90-10. They both serve a purpose. But when it gets inverted and you have an overdominance of detrimental bacterial organisms, let's just call it opportunistic or invasive organisms, then that's when we run into major problems. Um, also, well, actually, before I continue, an important thing to note here is the word antibiotic essentially means anti-life, right? Because a biotic is a bacterial organism which is living. So it's a killing tool. And in the pharmaceutical allopathic model of medicine, it's cut, burn, poison, kill, 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 destruction, 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 i.e. entropy, entropic paradigm everything is about we got to get in there and we got to cut out that thing we got to get in there and we got to we got to nuke that infection or that that tumor that cancer cell we got to stop it from metastasizing we got to kill 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 but we, what we do is we actually kill ourselves um and that's what we're doing in our society we're are we living longer or are we dying longer this would be a very important question to ask ourselves just because you can prolong the extension of life does not mean that you're increasing the quality of life. A lot of times people that are on life support should be taken off life support and allowed to die with dignity and with some kind of appropriate transition. But in our mechanistic, scientismic, materialistic model of medicine in the allopathic realm, there is no dignity to the death process. Because we just, it's, that's a whole thing in itself we uh, could go into. I'm definitely in a mode for ranting and tangentials right now. So hopefully we're all following along. But ultimately, that's the paradigm that, that is dominant in that industry, which is why you have to be skeptical about that entire world, right? It doesn't mean that um, there isn't merit and benefit to it. It means that that is the dominant paradigm of modern medicine and we need to reroute in a hurry because it is um, it's just a very dangerous game that we're playing. And it's also the dominant theme in society as well. This entropic kind of kill, 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 um, push things under the rug, not dealing with the holistic perspective of life, of economics, of relationships, of business, of, of um, you know, all, all of it, all of it. Okay. Anyways, we got to move on. So sanitizing products, these are basically, these are ster sterilizing products. You're sterilizing. What does that mean? You're killing organisms. You're killing bacteria, right? So all this, all the lotions, all the, the sanitizing your hands and everything. Again, not to say that those aren't important. If you're a doctor, you're a surgeon in particular, then you need to sterilize everything because there can also be what's called nanobacteria or nanoparticles or otherwise known as calcium forming organisms, which start as nano sized bacteria and can form calcification um, in the body. Again, we're going to talk a lot deep. We're going to go a lot deeper into that. But these are forms of or these are forms of microscopic nano sized um, organisms that are not easily detectable and are actually very hard to kill in of themselves. Um, that's why you do have to sterilize all these utensils and tools and, and the hospital environment is basically a sterilization 
um, environment. It's an echo chamber of, of sterilization. One, and that, that's, that's important. And one of the perspectives I want to bring to bear in this as we're talking about it is that because of this hyper antibioticizing everything, there has been something called um, super, super um, strains of bacteria, which otherwise known as MRSA, which are don't don't actually respond to antibiotics. So they've had to create even stronger antibiotics to offset the bacteria that have essentially organized themselves and have become more intelligent and have become more resilient to the antibiotics that are given. So they become even stronger, more invasive, more resilient forms of bacterial infections, super, um, super um, bacterial organisms. And um, that has created a whole cascade of issues, right? So we, we just need to reroute. We need to get clear about what the issue is, how to mediate it, how to remedy it. And get off this whole kill, burn, poison, cut, burn, poison um, model of medicine. <clears throat> I think I've hit that point pretty hard. Um, so moving forward, things that also can affect the microbiome is cesarean sections or C-sections. So if you've had a C-section or you were born through a C-section, your mother had a C-section, then you, you're not going to get the plasma that you gain when you come through the womb of your mother and you're born naturally. So if you didn't have a natural birth, then there's a lot of information, otherwise known as immunological information, immune system information, that plasma that coats your body that has to be wiped off of you, that is coating you. And it's, it's informing and building your immune system because essentially when you're in your mother's womb, you're in a sterile environment. But when you come out of your mother's womb and you take your first breath, you are incarnated. Your body is, is basically brought into an environment that is not sterilized, that is full of all kinds of organisms, all just through the air that we breathe. So it's a completely different environment. And that plasma helps you to, in, to come into the earth so you can start building the immune system that can be resilient against you know, invasive organisms and things of that nature. Um, so that's something that's just important to understand, right? So you can do your deal, due diligence, build back your immune system, build back the microbiome. Um, and then the last part about this is mother's breast milk. A lot of people were not breastfed. This is a huge travesty. This is one of the biggest pet peeves of mine. Um, a lot of people were, were told that breast milk is actually not that effective and that we should somehow be on some weird artificial processed soy formula that is in a plastic bottle that was microwaved and then that's fed to a newborn developing child that's developing their brain, developing their nervous system, developing their immune system, their digestive system, their microbiome. Somehow Baby formula is more powerful than mother's breast milk. Well, we've seen the results of that. And people that don't get breastfed, also people that have been, bo been born through a cesarean section, are statistically more likely to have longstanding um, acute chronic uh, acute infections, um, chronic infections, to have candida dysbiosis issues, are more likely to get sick, more likely to have immune system collapses, 
Um, this, this is all very well documented. It's just basic common sense when you understand what's going on here. Um, so what I would say, well, we're going to get into kind of more of the practical principles of what you can do to rebuild yourself. Um, but these are all points of reference. These are all awarenesses that maybe you didn't have before. Maybe it was normal, like getting a circumcision. Maybe that was just normal, but guess what? It's not normal. It's not normal and it's it has downstream effects. It has immediate effects because there's a traumatization that does occur to the mother and also the child that's born through C-section. Can a C-section save, um, save a child's life, potentially a mother's life in, a, in, a situ, in, a, in an emergency situation? Yes, that's true. However, there's also, there's also, you know, there's a whole thing, you know, I'm not, I can't even get into, it. I mean, this stuff gets me a little emotional. I have to say, I do get a little tweaked out when I, when I think really deeply about it. <clears throat> so you just have to bear with me just being really transparent here. Just bear with me in this conversation. <clears throat> there's, there's practical application, but then the way that it is, it is prescribed and the way that these things are done um, and the frequency that they're done is not necessary. Just like getting wisdom tooth extractions or root canals or mercury amalgam fillings. We were told that these things are important. They're advancements of technology. They're based on science. No, they're not. They're not based on science. They're based on scientism. They're based on they're based on nothing, actually, to be honest with you. It's not based on anything because now we know the science behind all these things. And they're actually not necessary in almost all cases. Root canals, mercury amalgam fillings in particular are just a complete abomination, should never have been implemented into dentistry. And the reason that biological holistic dentistry exists now is to undo all the damage done by the conventional um, ADA, the American Dental Association. Just so you know, just so you're aware of that, that is the reason biological dentistry exists, in my opinion, is to undo the damage that was done to all of us that had all those weird procedures done on us. And we were just told it's natural, it's normal, don't worry about it, and we know what we're doing. And then what, what's interesting about that too, um, just since we're, we're going down this track What's interesting about the whole mercury amalgam filling thing is that dentists have the highest rate of suicide among any profession. They go, they actually go mad and they have brain damage because all the off gassing of mercury from all the fillings that they're doing, it actually gets into the dentist's brain and they go mad and they actually, you know, statistically more dentists kill themselves than any other profession ever. So that, I mean, geez, crazy stuff. Um, and by the way, if you have a mercury amount, if you have a mercury, um, if you've had mercury fillings, you're more likely to have candida because mercury is antagonistic to beneficial bacteria. It's antagonistic to the microbiome. That's another thing that that's probably why this whole train of thought actually came through. So I can make that point. If you have mercury amalgam fillings or you've had mercury amalgam fillings, A, you need to get those things out by a biological dentist who understands proper extraction and understands how to clean the tooth effectively so it stops outgassing 
into the brain because the mercury does cross the brain, the, the blood brain barrier. So you need to find someone who's competent in that entire process. Um, and also I would say root canals also have their part to play too, because it's been, it's been shown and correlated that, uh, what was the article I read? It was 97% of heart attacks or heart disease 97% of those people had root canal procedures done. And we know that you can't sterilize um, a root canal. The periodontal ligament, the PDL, gets infected, and then it basically gets capped or encased. And they talk about, oh, yeah, you need to sterilize the tooth. But according to um, who was the world's leading biological dentist and advocate for holistic dentistry, Dr. Hal Huggins, before he passed away a number of years ago, he's on record of saying that it's impossible to sterilize the, the root canal. It's impossible. And when you study the science and the procedure and how root canals are done, then you realize, yeah, that makes sense. I don't, I don't see how you can possibly sterilize it. And your tooth and the meridians that it connects to and the organs that your teeth connect to, it's its, its own circulatory system. It connects into the circulatory system and can the bacterial in the bacteria in there can actually travel into the heart, apparently, and create infections in the heart and the cardiovascular system. I didn't mean to even go into that train of thought, but man, I'm so glad I did because what an important body of knowledge for all of us to know about. I also go deeper into the dental thing in my Holistic Health Mastery online certification course, so that's something else that you get with that program. Let's continue here. We have we, we want to finish this out. We have a number of things to talk about. So I talked about candida a few times. Um, that's obviously something that could be its own topic. I've done tremendous amount of um, documentation in terms of I have an article that I wrote um, that's on the internet. It's it's a long article, a really great article, and basically lays out the entire candida situation, all the things that you can do. The things I'm going to talk about moving forward are actually things that are anti-candida, that are candida preventative, and can support you if you have an overgrowth of candida albicin infection. On the that that's basically what the the candida the fungal infection is called, and um, candida is an interesting thing too because it's not black and white. Candida is actually a natural; it's a natural um, thing. You actually need to have the 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 fungal organism is actually a recycling organism. Okay, so this is a good this is a good segue. This is a good segue into the next thing I want to talk about, which is opportunistic organisms and parasites are one of the most obvious parts of this. Now, let's understand something about opportunistic organisms. So, when we think of beneficial bacteria and detrimental bacteria, detrimental is pointing to a category of organisms which we just call opportunistic. They are they are seeking opportunities to feed themselves. And what do they feed on? They feed on negative vibrations, low vibe vibrations. They feed on negative emotions, negative thought forms energetically because these are psychic, psychic organisms too. They're not just physical. They ride on the psychic energies of the person. They can actually create more negativity in that person. And we know that 
a negative mindset is associated with an acidic body chemistry. We also know that the more negative someone is, the more lethargic someone is, the more tired they are. The more tired somebody is, the more susceptible they are to food cravings, sugar cravings, um, fat and sugar cravings. Um, uh, whatever, whatever food habits people are trying to change, one of the biggest problems is that they, their gut microbiome is completely out of order and they have opportunistic organisms, which are parasites, viruses, fungus, um, mold, yeast, think about like black mold in the walls of a house or something or a certain certain environment, yeast that builds up, um, semi-tropical environments, can be um, an incubator for this um, damp, wet spleen in the Chinese, the Chinese um, theory of medicine, the damp, wet spleen, which we've talked about before in other issue, other other episodes. The damp, wet spleen is basically a, a, a swampy environment. Your digestive system needs to be more like a furnace. There needs to be digestive fire, i.e., stomach acid, hydrochloric acid. One of the best ways to deal with opportunistic organisms is actually hydrochloric acid and stimulating the the furnace of your digestive system, which is the firewall between opportunistic organisms and the, the, the rest of the system. So if you have strong stomach acid, then you are going to be much more protected from these things. Um, and salt, water and salt is also great for drying out that wetness. And that's what candida is. It's like a swampy, it thrives in a swampy, murky environment in your, your digestive system, in your intestinal tract, in the colon. That's where it incubates because these things incubate in the system. So if you think externally of our environment, like I pointed out before, think of certain environments and think of the, the, um, the biodiversity that exists in these environments. You think of a swamp, you think of a, um, uh, uh, um, like an Amazon rainforest, There's so much biodiversity and so many opportunistic species, predatory species that exist in that environment versus somewhere like Hawaii, which is a semi-tropical environment, which is kind of the middle ground between that. You don't really have too much predation there. Um, It's actually fairly just kind of um, predatory free um, from a human perspective. And uh, but there can be a little bit of a yeast. There can be a little bit of mold issue. There can be candida issues if you're out of balance, right? Because it's very watery. Um, if you're in Sedona or you're in Arizona, it's much more dry. So you know, there's not. You're going to be dealing with a different. Different climates are going to in different environments are going to be dealing with different biodiversity. Um, the same thing with your inner ecosystem. So that's just a few thoughts that I want to share there. Now, finishing off this track on opportunistic organisms, what what else do I want to say about this? Well, it's just important to understand this category and understand that when you increase your microbiome um, uh, development or your microbiome balance, it naturally boosts the immune system and the immune system is designed 
to ward off opportunistic organisms. But if your immune system has been compromised and slowly lulled to sleep, because that's another thing that parasites in particular do, and all these organisms, they're very, very intelligent, they're sophisticated, and they they ride underneath the radar of your immune system. So essentially what they do is they get into the system slowly, divide and conquer. This is like a military strategy. It's interesting. They work the same exact way. They're like, they're like, um, special ops or Delta force or whatever you would think of. They get into enemy territory. They start, they start burrowing within the system and then they, they become un, unrecognizable or undistinguishable to the rest of the colony. And then they start leaking energy or certain nutrients like in a parasite's case they leak vitamin b12 they leak iron from the blood system and then the 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 body system becomes weaker the immune system starts to get lulled to sleep and then once the immune system is compromised then that's when these organisms strike and then that's when the systemic inflammation kicks on that's when the red alert system the 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 sympathetic nervous system kicks on in a major way that's when the infection takes root. That's when the symptoms start to come about. But your immune system has been warded down. It's been downregulated. So you need to build back that immune system quickly and also do certain, um, certain immediate measures to start warding off these opportunistic organisms. So there's a lot about that. There's a lot to that. But that's a that's an important perspective and, and body of information. Another thing that that throws off the microbiome is electromagnetic frequency. So if you're bathing in a Wi-Fi field most of the time, then you are going to disrupt the communication system that is going on your entire your entire biofield, your entire um, system as a whole. But that also affects the beneficial bacteria in the communication system of the colonies themselves. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting things I could go into and uh, just talking about these organisms, really, there's so much more information. Um, I think we'll get a lot more into it when we go into calcification in the next series. So I'm going to save all that. I know I've, I kind of probably, I apologize if this seems all over the place. I hope that I hope that as you're listening to this, it's a little, it feels more coherent than maybe it sounds from my perspective. It's a lot of stuff to put into this, but um, I really hope that you're getting a lot of value and and it's making sense to you. This is 10 years distilled into a single hour. Um, So electromagnetic frequencies, you just got to be very aware of those things. You got to be preventative. There's different tech, there's different, different devices that you can, that you can wear um, Blue Shield is a company that that actually shields um, high high frequency electromagnetic waves. Um, 5G, for example, it seems to be very effective. There's different ways you can protect yourself in your energy field from these disruptive uh, frequency patterns. And in the next series, I'm going to be doing an entire episode on electromagnetic frequencies in 5G. So we're going to go deeper into that. Um, okay. So let's finish this episode out now. (sighs) Taking a deep breath. One of the interesting perspectives that I want to share with you that dawned on me a couple years ago was around intuition and primal instinct. 
one of the challenges in our interpersonal lives as human beings in the 21st, 22nd century, um, 20th, 21st century, getting ahead of myself, um, is that we, we are overloaded with so much information, so many decisions to make, so many thoughts to have, so many um, things to weigh out. And the way that we do that is typically through the mind. Now, I talked about earlier that how being very mental can actually be very harmful for the system, for your body system in the vagus nerve, the nervous system, stress response, etc. Now, what we need to do is we need to navigate our life experience more from our intuitive intelligence, i.e. The, 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 the body's inner GPS system call that spirit, call that soul awareness, just call it intuition for now, or call it primal instinct. There is an instinctual, intuitive intelligence that lives inside your body, It's in, and it's localized in the gut, the solar plexus and gut area of the body. That's where your gut instinct is. Now think about that word for a second, gut instinct. You know, it's like we're trying to solve problems created by the mind at the level of the mind, but we can't get beyond what we've already experienced and what we already believe we know, um, i.e. an unknown future, i.e. new innovative results, i.e. new strategies that are going to help us get to where we want to be, which is a place that we've never been. The mind is a repository of the past and rehearsed patterns and memories and experiences, so it can only draw on what it already knows. Your gut instinct is the navigation system for unknown experiences moving forward into the future. So if your microbiome is totally thrown off, your gut instinct, your intuition is going to be thrown off as well. I want you to take that in. I want you to even put your hand on your gut, breathe into it, and feel the truth of what I'm telling you right now. The reason things may not be working very well in your life, the reason you may not be able to make decisions that seem to work out or or life choices, or you keep making the same old decisions, keep reverting back to the same patterns, you can't seem to access that deep inner knowing your intuition, or you feel like your intuition is off. Well, if your intuition is off, then it's probably your, your, your bodily chemistry and your electrical system is off. Your microbiome is off in other words. So by tapping into that, healing that and restoring balance to the inner ecosystem, then you will actually restore balance to the, the gut, the gut instinct or your intuition. Such an important thing because this is the way that we make we make good decisions. It's gut instinct. You know, um, there could be a decision you're trying to make in your life, and it looks good on paper, but it doesn't feel good in your gut. It's like I have a gut feeling about this, or maybe there's something that you're moving towards, and it doesn't make any logical sense, but you have a gut feeling about it. Going with your gut feeling is key. And you have to have a healthy gut in order to do that. So the last bit that I want to talk about is how to actually heal the gut, right? Now, I'm not going to go into a whole kind of um, a whole discourse on that Um, in my online courses, in my books, in my even videos 
I have a, I have a bunch of videos on YouTube that go deeper into this. I'm just going to bullet point a few things for you. Getting connected to the elements is critical. Again, above, so below, right? Our outer environment is a mirror mapping reflection of our inner environment, our inner ecosystem. They work fundamentally the same. When we connect to the elements, we connect to nature. We not only connect to our inner nature, our gut intelligence, our gut instinct, right? Who we are underneath this meat suit. But then we also are actually healing the inner ecosystem itself. Sun exposure. One of the things I've been telling people for years, and not just sun gazing. Sun gazing is incredibly powerful. Um, and doing it grounded with your bare feet on the ground. So you get that electrical anchor. You're connected to the electrical surface of the, the electromagnetic surface of the earth. And so it, it creates more of a – you can hold the charge that you're receiving from the photons of the sun going into the optic nerve and the retina of the eye, which goes into the brain. <clears throat> and you can hold that charge in your system but actually getting sun exposure on your bare skin is so important because your microbiome is not just inside of you. It's also all around you. It's on top of your, 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 your skin. I know I didn't make this point before, but if you have all these um, the sunscreens, for example, are, are sanitizers. They have sanitizing components to it um, and just ungodly amount of chemicals as well, which are which are being burnt up by the sun, which is really the real reason for skin cancer and, and lymphomas and all that kind of thing. Using coconut oil to bathe your skin, getting as much skin exposure to the sun for as long as you can bear, as long as you can take it in, um, is so critically important and building up that the building up that, that, um, the photons, I guess, because you have more vitamin D3 receptors on your body and in your body than any other nutrient ever discovered, turns on more epigenetic longevity promoting genes than anything ever discovered. It's the number one thing that um, that seems to prevent cancer, according to um, many, many different scientists and, and doctors and statistics and, and research. Um and it's also anti-candida, it's anti-fungal, it's anti-parasitic, it's antibacterial. But it doesn't kill off the beneficial bacteria because there is an intelligence, there's an innate intelligence to nature and to the body itself. Antibiotics have no intelligence, it's just a nuke. You're just dropping the bomb in, and it's non-denominational. It'll kill anything in its path. There's no intelligence. Herbs, antibiotic um, antibacterial herbs, they're intelligent, they're balanced, they have a design to them, they work with the fundamental innate design of the body. Um, this is critical distinction to understand between pharmaceuticals and plants. One has intelligence, the other is just mechanical, has no real intelligence to it. Um, so that's really, that's just key. If you have a fungal infection, any kind of infection, skin issue, whatever the case is, Getting sun exposure is so critically important. Then let's talk about spring water. The microorganisms that are in spring water that's unfiltered, unprocessed, un- uncooked is actually really, really potent because the colder the water, the more microbacterial organisms are in that water. And that also feeds, you could call it watering the inner garden. 
right? Your inner garden needs sun. It needs sun exposure. It needs water, right? It needs fresh electron rich air. It needs um, earth. It needs connection to the earth, but then it needs earth compounds to build the soil, i.e. the microbiome, to build that fertilizing material in your inner garden. So let's talk about that and then we're going to close this all out. So some of those things from a nutrition perspective, we're talking about prebiotics and probiotics. Prebiotics are different types of fibers that feed the probiotic bacteria. So just taking probiotics themselves are not necessarily the most effective way to do it. This is why a fiber-rich diet is so important because it's prebiotic and those probiotic beneficial bacteria feed on the prebiotics and that's how they become more beneficial. That's how they become more powerful and they um, they just work better basically, right? And then taking in certain types of probiotics is important. That's a long topic in of itself. There's so many different probiotics on the market um, and I'm not going to go deeper into that. I'm really a big fan of fermented food as a first food-based resort. We all need fermented foods in our diet. We need a wide spectrum of fermented foods in our diet. It's absolutely critical. So the fiber, the prebiotic fibers, and then the probiotics in the fermented vegetables, root vegetables, um, etc. So important. Then we're talking. Then you can get into like kefirs, coconut kefir, um, goat kefir. If you really want to get down that that path. Um, but I'm really a fan of coconut, fermented coconut products, kefirs, um, you know, kombuchas, jun. I like jun particularly. Kombucha is fine. Um, most kombuchas on the market, by the way, are not really properly fermented and they're more sugar. The sugar hasn't, hasn't been alchemized or, or fermented properly. So it's actually more sugar than probiotic material in a lot of cases. So it's, it's a great replacement to like you know, sports drinks or to, um, sodas, but it's not, it's not really like empowering your, your, um, your microbiome the way that you would think it was. Jun, J-U-N is an upgrade to that. And then, you know, if you make your own kombuchas at home using a mushroom scoby and doing that thing properly, then now you can create some serious microbiome medicine. So I want to mention all of that. Um, and then another thing on the probiotic thing, just before I get off that, there's a product by the company Purium that I'm associated with called the Biomedic. So one of the things that we know about the biomedic or about the microbiome and the, the small intestine of the gut is that through a genetically modified insecticide called glyphosate, which you probably become aware of, if not, um, we need to become aware of it. It's one of the biggest contaminants in our food supply now. And one of the reasons that's been correlated with gluten intolerances and leaky gut, irritable bowel syndrome, SIBO, etc., is um, because of glyphosate contamination. And what the, what the biomedic does is that it helps to chelate or remove the glyphosate that's present in the body but it also helps to rebuild what's called the microvilli, which rest at the small intestinal area. 
And that's what's responsible for pulling in the micronutrients so you can absorb all the nutrients in your food. And then there's also a fulvic acid and humic acid component. The fulvic acid, and that's that's what draws out and helps to chelate. The fulvic acid in particular is what helps to chelate out the glyphosate, which theoretically works with all pesticides, but the research done on Biomedic was specifically tracking glyphosate. Um, and then the humic acids as well. These are earth compounds, which are part of the fertilizing component of building up the microbiome. Um, so then you also have enzymes. Enzymes are critically important, particular different types of enzymes, digestive enzymes, enzymes that you get from your raw plant foods, which we call food enzymes, which help to pre-digest the food and make it more absorbable. Um, and then you have metabolic or life enzymes, which you naturally have. I think I talked about this in a prior episode on living foods. Um, the, the enzyme topic is just so vast. Um, I spent a long time studying the work of Dr. Edward Howell, who spent 70 years of his life studying enzymology. So he was the world's leading pioneer in enzyme research. And um, he basically correlated that the people that, you know, um, when your enzyme bank account starts to die off, that's when disease and degeneration starts to kick in. The signs of the aging process start to kick in. Enzymes are very, very important. Um, Digestive enzymes, proteolase, lipase, amylase to a lower extent, but, you know, to break down carbohydrates, it's not as fundamental as something like proteolase, which is a proteolytic enzyme, which breaks down protein material into amino acids and helps to break down the deposited proteins of the undigested proteins, which cause a lot and a lot of problems. There's a lot more we could talk about with enzymes, but I just want to make that point. It's an essential component to not only digestive health, but also to the microbiome and the gut brain connection. Two more things, minerals. We talked about it before. Minerals are tuning forks for consciousness. When somebody is mineral deficient, they're going to have cognitive problems. They're going to they're going to have consciousness inhibition problems meaning that they won't be able to access the consciousness of their own being effectively. I the only reason I'm not doing an entire episode on minerals is because there's so many other topics that I'm committing my time to diving into. And it's only a specific person that wants to go as deep down the rabbit hole as I would want to go in that topic. But just understand that if you have a full spectrum of 90 plus minerals and then you add on things called ormus minerals, orbitally rearranged monoatomic elements, or let's call it monoatomic elements just for you just to understand M state minerals, um, you have a full spectrum of minerals and trace minerals you're going to access far more of your physiological, your mental capacity. Um, and this is just a fact. You cannot, you cannot experience your full human potential on a mineral deficient diet. And that's also the earth compounds, the geology perspective, building up the, the, um, building up the earth compounds of the microbiome, minerals, humongous component of that. And then the last thing I want to mention is something called colostrum. Now, colostrum is 
is uh, might be taboo for some people. If you're a vegan or even vegetarian, um, you may be a little turned off by colostrum. Here's the thing. You need to know about it. That's what I'll say about colostrum. I got into colostrum um, maybe six or seven years ago. I didn't get into it heavily. I experimented with it. I did research on it. I wanted to understand what it was. And it's basically the in-between milk that all mammalians produce. So your mother, for example, this, this, um, why I'm bringing colostrum up is particularly for people that were not breastfed. And if they have had cesareans, um, a cesarean, um, uh, section birth, particularly because that, that you should have gotten colostrum from your mother's breast milk. When you were born immediately, you should have bonded with your mother um, not just the physical contact of being put in your mother's hands, but also getting that from the breast milk. Because in that, I think it's about an eight-hour window from when a mammal is born, there is um, there is a significant amount of DNA information, particularly immunological information, in the colostrum that formats that that baby's biology, it formats their immune system. So if you didn't get the colostrum when you were a baby, there could be developmental issues. There could be nutrient deficiencies, definitely could be issues with your microbiome. And that's why people have found it somewhat therapeutic to use colostrum to reformat the immunological um, information because there's something in colostrum called transfer factors which transfer over immune information into your own immune system and there's there's growth factors there's there's hormone factors as well um, I would just advise you do more research on it if that resonates with you. I'm not saying you have to do colostrum. I'm just saying it's an option it's something to know about and that's why I bring up animal foods sometimes. Um, as a predominant vegetarian and vegan by default, not, not because I, I, I'm pretty much a vegetarian at this point because I, I do ghee pretty much most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time. Um, and that's just a balanced way for me to operate, but I, I love the vegan ideal, the plant-based ideal, and I'm very much a part of that. And I know that some people will benefit from certain ingredients that only come from the animal kingdom and it's just something we should all know about okay wow well that was pretty deep that was pretty deep and i have to admit that was that was a little challenging in certain parts for me to to get out uh for whatever reason i don't know maybe i'm a little tired i um i've been on a two-week journey in hawaii so uh today is literally my first day anchoring back into my flow and uh, maybe that was the reason I don't know maybe you didn't even notice it and if not that's awesome um but uh yeah that's that's uh the gut brain connection this is um yeah what an incredible series what an incredible series that we've had with the mind body connection there's two more episodes that are going to go really really deep into some other areas I hope you got tremendous value out of this. If you want to learn more about this and all other nutrition and holistic lifestyle um, components that we've talked about and things that we haven't talked about, I highly encourage you to consider enrolling into the Holistic Health Mastery Nutrition Certification course. Um, Incredible program. It's like it's my pride, really. It's the thing that I'm most proud of 
at this point in my career and something that I offer to all of you for your ongoing education and empowerment. So um, again, thank you so much for joining me in this episode. I hope it was value-packed and you learned a ton and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of High Performance Health. Remember the saying, knowledge is power. Well, knowledge is only power when the knowledge has been applied. So before you leave, I want to recommend five basic principles that if done each day will result in physical vitality, emotional well-being, and increased mental agility, as well as overall resilience to all forms of stress. Number one, take 10 deep diaphragmatic breaths each morning when waking up and each night before sleeping. Number two, remember one liter of high quality structured water each morning before eating. Number three, eat only when hungry. Do not eat too much too fast and bless your food each and every day. Number four, close your eyes. Put your hands on your heart and relax your nervous system. And number five, only use phones when necessary. Keep your back upright when on the computer and shut down screen time in 90 minutes prior to going to bed. There you go, my friend. I hope you take what you learned in this episode and create the life you deserve. You can support this podcast by going to www.hhphealth.com forward slash review to give us a rating and a review. This helps boost us in the iTunes ratings and makes this podcast more visible to more people in the world. You can also join the discussion on our Facebook community group by going to www.hhphealth forward slash group. And finally, you can also check out all of my current coaching programs, courses, books, podcast episodes, and more by going to www.hhphealth.com. Thank you for being part of the health and healing movement. And until next time, make the rest of your life the best of your life. Aloha.